This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Wednesday, June 9th. The major U.S. equity futures indices are about flat. So the S&P is is flat. Um, the Nasdaq is outperforming slightly. That's up 14 points. That's 10 basis points. And the Dow is down about 22 points. That's about seven basis points. So essentially unchanged in U.S. equity futures. Mild, mild outperformance in the Nasdaq. Looking at Europe, the major indices are trading off about 20 basis points. Underperformance in some of the main cyclical groups. So basic resources are down about a percent and a half. Financials are off about a percent. That's banks and insurers. You are seeing mild outperformance in Europe in areas like real estate, healthcare. Those are the only two groups that are really outperforming in Europe. And then looking over to Asia, uh, most of the major indices finished in the red with the exception of mainland China, which ended up small. So the Shanghai comp was up about 30 basis points. So the big macro news overnight was the Chinese inflation figures, which came in mixed. So you had a relatively muted CPI. The CPI undershot your expectations, but a super hot PPI. So the PPI was um, dramatically above expectations and rose dramatically month on month. Um you know, so I think the gap between those two figures is obviously a proxy for corporate margins. The gap between the PPI and CPI, this is actually the largest in history for the month of May. So, you know, I think under um, just underscoring the pressure being faced by companies um, as input costs rise a lot faster than they are able to increase prices to consumers. But I think the reaction in markets is one that, you know, the PPI is so hot that it's probably peaking. And I think that's sort of the consensus expectation for a lot of things occurring in the economy, including um, you know, economic growth, inflation, et cetera, just a sense that the months of March, April, May are probably the peaks, and you are now going to start to see those, um, you know, a lot of those forces start to abate going forward. And I think that's one of the driving forces between behind what you've seen in treasuries lately, whereby the psychology around treasuries has shifted. Um, you know, I think just a couple of weeks ago, most assumed that two percent ten-year yields were in sight in the U.S. Now. Um, you know, I think you're you're looking at 10-year treasury yields at risk of falling to multi-month lows as treasuries catch bid, as cyclical stocks come under some pressure, um, and as investors kind of re-pivot back to growth stocks. Um, and I think all that is part is tied up in this thesis of of kind of peak everything, quote unquote. So again, peak growth, peak inflation, peak fiscal stimulus, peak monetary stimulus. Um, all those tailwinds are now kind of going to start to lessen going forward. They're not going to collapse. Um, but just a sense that you've seen the peak in all those numbers. And I think that's kind of, again, the reaction to the PPI. Um, that number was super hot for May, but may be at the, you know, maybe at a peak. And you saw China again roll out, um, you know, a number of initiatives that, that are aimed at cooling that PPI. Um, so there's some items about coal, housing prices, um, pork prices, et cetera, et cetera. So that's definitely the biggest theme overnight, um, just that China inflation number. Otherwise, relatively quiet on the U.S. infrastructure talks. So Biden's negotiations with um, 
a group of Republican senators kind of fell apart with that in agreement. That shouldn't be shocking to anyone. Those talks were looking like they were, you know, headed towards a dead end. The White House is engaged now with a separate group of bipartisan senators. Um, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical that those negotiations will yield a passable deal. So in which case you're, you're going to see more talk about this kind of pivoting back to a partisan reconciliation strategy. But the Democrats, again, lack the votes in the Senate and probably lack the votes in the House to do anything all that aggressive on the tax front. And that's what stocks really care about right now. Stocks are really watching the risk of, um, you know, material tax increases. And I think, and I, you know, I just think the logistics, the political logistics are not um, in favor of large tax hikes. So, you know, I've been talking about now for a long time that there are really kind of two scenarios that I see. Either nothing happens or you see a $750 billion to $1 trillion non-funded, meaning no tax hikes, um, bill. That And remember, that number is stretched out over 10 years. That's not a figure that's going to kind of drop in one year. So that's stretched out over 10 years. So about um, you know, $75 to $100 billion per year uh, focused on physical infrastructure. Um, which is, you know, certainly not nothing, but it's it's not uh, as dramatic as kind of what you've seen before on the on the fiscal stimulus front. Um, nothing super important on the monetary policy front. You have the ECB tomorrow. Um, you know, they're not going to taper. They're not going to formally taper. But again, I think rhetorically they're going to start to set the stage for dialed back bond purchases. You are going to get new inflation and growth figures from the ECB tomorrow. Those are both going to likely get bumped higher, just given that that region is now performing relatively well on COVID and vaccination figures. Um, so I think from a signaling perspective, those numbers will, um, you know, provide, um, you know, some guidance to markets that um, the pace of bond purchases is going to abate. For the Fed next week, you know, this remains very much in focus, you know, continued. This is really dominating the calendar. Um, you know, it's very likely you're going to see Powell echo his colleagues and talking about how the Fed is considering or is beginning the conversation around tapering. That means that you are not going to see a reduction in bond purchases until later this year at the earliest, which would keep the Fed's balance sheet in expansion mode probably until the middle of next year. Um, I think that's largely uh, absorbed in the market. Um, you know, I, I, I continue to think that you know, you, central po- monetary policy in aggregate is in a tightening phase right now. Um, you know, you had a, an announcement from Chile overnight, which is just the latest central bank to kind of signal to markets that they're going to start dialing back some of the pandemic era stimulus. So the Fed is going to join that club next Wednesday. Again, I think that part of the announcement is largely um, expected by markets, but you are going to have other kind of facets to what the Fed unveils next week, including a new supplemental of updated growth forecasts and an updated dot plot. Um, you know, I wrote in the piece today about how some of those dots could evolve in a more hawkish direction. So that's just another thing to keep in mind for markets. Um, those are all the big macro themes for this morning. Nothing all that exciting on the company-specific front. You had a couple of earnings announcements. Um, Sherman Williams pre-announced higher, although they do acknowledge um, a lot of the margin pressures that they saw in Q1 are continuing into Q2. They're going to talk about raising prices. Um, but there's going to be somewhat of a lag. So again, kind of um, consistent with what a lot of other companies are talking about too. Though that's pretty much it for the news today. Um, the calendar today is very sparse. You really don't have a lot of scheduled macro news. We have a couple of earnings reports, including Brown Foreman and Campbell Soup this morning before the open. And then after the close, you have GameStop and Restoration Hardware. UPS has an analyst meeting that kicks off at 9 a.m. 
Um, the week's biggest macro events are Thursday morning. So you have the ECB, which we already talked about, along with the US CPI. Um, and then that's essentially it for this week in terms of major macro events. Um, and like I said earlier, the Fed is the big event coming up next week. Um, and that is pretty much it for this morning, Wednesday, June 9th. Thank you for listening.